Hi, my name is Fabian Baker. I'm the Managing Director of Kings Rose Mining. Uh, we're ASX listed and uh, we recently announced the sale of our Waylingo asset in Indonesia, which leaves us uh, incredibly well financed. We'll be sitting with close to $38 million in cash. Uh, and we recently acquired some exceptional uh, PGE nickel copper assets in Scandinavia. And we're building a strategy around those minerals. In, in that region. Fabian, good to see you again. Um, I think we saw you recently um, back in July with, with Merlin, went through a sort of technical uh, session then. Today, I want to focus on the money though, um, because as, as you say, the sale or the agreement for the sale of uh, Wenlinga in Indonesia brings a bunch of money into 7.5 uh, million US, which is about what, Aussie? Something 10, 11? Yeah, it's a little over 11 and a half million Aussie. Right, 38 million. To 40, uh, 38 million in cash, market cap, 38 million, enterprise value, not a lot. <laughs> Funny position to be in. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I, I question that as well, but I think ultimately it's, it's got to be a good thing. Uh, sitting, sitting there so well financed, it gives us so much opportunity, especially in this market. Right. So, well, there's the big question. I think that that's the kind of focus for me today. We'll, we'll get the update on the two projects, um, of course. But the question that people are going to be asking is, have this team got a plan? Have they got uh, a strategy for spending the money and creating incremental value here? So you've got the cash, you're in a lucky position to have cash in this market, you've kind of got optionality. So what are you going to do with it? Sure. Well, the flagship asset for King's Rose now is the Pennycat in Finland. So um, we fairly recently announced a jork expiration target on that, which is on the back of 100 historical draw holes that we've managed to uh, collate um, and reassay a lot of those and, and verify the, those grades. And ultimately, that, that indicated um, a, a potential resource in excess of 7 million ounces at over 7 grams combined PGEs. And basically, pitches the project as the highest grade PGE expiration asset globally. So ultimately, that's going to really underpin value in King's Rose. And so we're driving that, pro that project forward through permitting at the moment so that we can be drilling it. Um, but that drilling will be in late 2023 um, once we get through the permitting process for, for, for that drilling. Right. So but how, how do you get that? Because you've got that kind of Natura 2000 thing going on there where it's... You, it's kind of like a, uh, what is it, is it the, the local version of an EIA? Okay, so Natura 2000 is an EU term, and it covers about 20% of the surface area of the EU. So it's not a national park or a, or a, or a, or a zone where, where mining isn't allowed. In fact, the Pennycat area, it's actually built into the founding documents that exploration is, is allowed. It just means that it's an area of increased environmental um, importance. Um, there's a wetland a few kilometers off to, to, to the side of us. And so what we have to do before we start drilling um, is do some habitat and species surveys just to recognize are there any important areas that we need to avoid. So we spent this summer doing those surveys. We've actually got an in-house full-time uh, head of sustainability who's a, a PhD environmental scientist and so she's been leading that. We've, we've completed the surveys. There's very little in the way of uh, sensitive habitats. But uh, what we're able to do now is pinpoint our drill locations and submit that for approval. And so that's an approval process that we expect uh, will be complete around the middle of next year, around uh, June. However, we're committing to only drill when there's snow cover on the ground because that protects the, that, that ground surface and, and that'll be commencing in around December uh, 2023. And we'll, we'll, we'll have a roughly five month season through into April 
and we can use snow cannons and so on to sort of thicken up the, the snowpack in areas uh, to be drilling. Right. So I, I get, here's, here's, here's the other bit to this is like the, it's kind of like it's a slow run up. To this. So it feels like it's going to slow run up. So in terms of like news flow and what you can be talking to the market about and, and also giving us an understanding of the importance of, of those things too, um, how, do you, how do you kind of give us comfort that the, the money, again, is being spent wisely or judiciously whilst we're waiting for the actual drill program to start? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, on Pennycat, you're right. There's, there's a limit to what we can do there. Actually, right now, the bird is in the air. The, we, have a, we have a drone flying a, a large-scale um, airborne mag survey, um, which just commenced yesterday. So uh, that's, that's up and running. But other than that, yes, we're just working towards the drill permits. But what it does allow us to do is really lay the foundations with the local communities um, and, and, and with the authorities so that once we hit the ground, we can hit the ground running and move that forward really quickly. So, so what we've done is, is internally we've, we've looked at our cash position and we've ring-fenced enough money to take Pennycat through two years of drilling to a maiden resource and a scoping study plus the three years of G&A running our business to get to that point. And so we've ring-fenced that and we understand what that will cost. And so we're not sitting idly on waiting for that to happen. We've, we've, we've got a significant surplus, which we can put towards exploration and developing a, a broader strategy in Scandinavia. And we're, we're pretty ambitious, uh, and, and we see a lot of opportunity in, in that region, um, and especially in the current market. So we've got a team that are really actively um, putting together uh, a combination of, of more regional exploration plays, but also potential acquisitions uh, in, in Scandinavia, centered around uh, nickel and copper assets. Right. But, okay, and how do, you, how do you get that balance between not stretching yourselves too thin and giving the news to the market on the assets that you've got? Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, you, kind of, you, you sort of end up with a sort of large portfolio player. So, so when you say take advantage of, what, what precisely are you looking for? Well, yeah, so we recognize the news flow gap with, with Pennycat. We do currently have another earlier stage asset in Norway um, uh, at Porsinger, and we just announced the results of an EM survey there. That's earlier stage, and um, we, we, we did get a really uh, strong uh, conductive anomaly um, down dip from the historical drilling and, and quite good surface results. So, so that's given us a clear target um, to drill test. And so we spend this winter working with the local community and actually the indigenous reindeer herders there to um, organize when and how we'll be drilling that in the spring and summer of next year. So there's going to be a drill program happening at that project, although quite limited to, to test a clear target. But given that gap and our, our excess capacity, we do see space to bring in another sort of significant asset into the portfolio. And really that's, that's the focus. So our aim is to bring in particularly just one more um, advanced exploration, very uh, sort of exciting, drill-ready nickel-copper asset into the portfolio. Um, and, and we think that that, that, that combined with Pennycat um, will actually be complementary. The team throughout in the region can, 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 can grow with, with two projects to, to move forward. There'll be uh, a lot, a lot of, that will, of synergies between those. Um, and obviously, with Pennycat being more of a winter drilling sort of scenario, what we can do is keep, keep the other project rolling through this process, uh, through the years, and, and maintain news flow and activity. Right, okay. And so, um, so copper and nickel is a big part of um, Poor Sanger. Um, what's, what's the sort of balance? Because you've got a bit of stock data up at Pennycat. Is it more PGE project? Yeah. <clears throat> right, okay. That's right. 
So, so how, PG, do you, how, do you, how do you excite the market about that? Because again, it's it's one we've talked about this before. It's like, you know, if people just don't understand it, um, they don't understand the the, the, the market for it, um, and they don't understand the pricing, and it's and therefore it's easy kind of to to ignore. So again, it's it's one of those sort of potentially often <laughs> uh, <laughs> often commodities in in that sense. So again, what what how, how do you how do you get people to actually understand it? get excited about it in the way that you are? Well, you're, you're right. PGEs have historically been quite a niche business. Um, basically, global supplies dominated by production in South Africa at the Bushveld complex. There's a very high-grade deposit called the Stillwater deposit in, in the US, acquired by the major Sibanyes Stillwater, um, and, and, and some production out of Russia. Um, and th these types of good PGE deposits are very rare, actually. Um, and, and that's what was so in compelling about Pennycat. There were very few of these high-grade and very large, extensive, PG-rich layered intrusions. And so um, Pennycat's among a, a small group of quite unique global deposits. And, and we have that, and we're really excited about driving that forward. But because of that niche sort of component and how rare these types of deposits are, it's not the only part of our strategy going forward, actually. We, we, we aren't interested in looking for sort of low-grade bulk tonnage PGE targets because ultimately we don't think um, that, that that fits well with our strategy of sort of low-impact, sustainable mining because Pennycat can be an underground, sustainable, low-footprint operation and is such a unique, high-grade asset. So, because of its uniqueness, we're very happy to take that on. And I think when you look at it from a, for example, a, um, uh, you know, pure from a, from a dollar uh, sort of financial point of view, when you look at the dollar value of the rock that we'd be, we'll be looking at there with the high grades, the margins, the potential margins on a mining project are going to be really, really um, compelling. So, so I think what we can do is, is demonstrate that Pennycat um, is a rare opportunity outside of Russia and South Africa. Um, it's the highest grade PG opportunity um, globally outside of those areas. Uh, and so where is a PG supply you know, going, to, going to come from next? I think Finland's a, a great candidate with a project like ours. So, right. so that's why Pennycat's so compelling. But beyond that, Scandinavia and related to the style of mineralization at Pennycat, um, you've got great opportunity for, for nickel and copper. Okay. Pennycat has a nickel and copper credit, but but we want dominant nickel copper assets to, to complement it. Right, okay, which makes sense. Um, so just to back on the money side of things, again, and making sure you're, you're spending it wisely, is um, when you're looking for an advanced exploration play, are you talking about, I mean, how, how big, how much money will you utilize uh, that from your cash at the moment? Because again, you, it's one of those things that you, you need to show people that the money will still be there in 18 months time. Um, and that you've got some, you know, I say hopefully some you know, news flow moving into this drilling. And before we can get some sort of credit credit for that, you've also got a market where we don't quite know when it's going to end. Thank you, Jamie Dimon. He's, you know, telling us that potentially, uh, you know, we're six to nine months away from from all hell breaking loose. So it, it, it's it's uncertain times. <clears throat> so, but at the same time, you don't want to burn through that cash. Uh, absolutely. We're, we're, I think, approaching it from that, that same point of view. So, when I say advanced, I'm not talking about a, a, a large established resource or something like that. What, what, what we're looking for is, in general is that sweet spot where the, the 
There is evidence of ore grade mineralization, either in historical drill holes or historical resources. Um, but we can see a geological concept for how that can, can really expand and we can explore and grow that. Um, so these, especially in this market, we're not talking about particularly expensive deals. I mean, where we're sitting today at, at you know, trading essentially at cash, um, we don't have leverage to our cash position. So we're not looking to do a big transaction sort of for, for stock and see significant dilution to our shareholders. You know, we, we see the potential, particularly at Pennycat, and, and, and the last thing we want to do is at this stage dilute people from that potential value down, down the road. So, so we're still looking at, at low-cost uh, deals. And, and one other way of looking at that is joint ventures. So rather than looking at, at you know, uh, transaction costs up front, the money goes in the ground and gives us the opportunity to, to add value through that, but also test the project um, without, without sort of betting the farm. So, so we're, being, we're being cautious that in, in, in any event, our current cash will see Pennycat through the next three years to a scoping study, and we can acquire and advance materially uh, a new project um, to also a point which, which would be a compelling sort of value add. Right. Um, so some, some of this then, <clears throat> if I look at um, the share register, it, it, it mostly got on board because of what you're doing um, in Indonesia. Um, that didn't work out. Well, it's kind of, kind of did. It gave you a lot of cash to, to go after what you, you're going at the moment. But but in that sense, it was a it was a different story. It was it was a different narrative. Um, now you're doing what you're doing. Um, you you need to you probably will and and will need to attract a um, a new audience to this story. People may be more comfortable. Um, with this part of the world and other parts of the world. But the, the, the kind of bit that you seem to be also missing is the institutional component, as in, are you looking to sort of change the, the register um, somewhat? And what are you doing about it? Yeah, the, the, the historical shareholder base absolutely was, was there behind the Indonesian asset originally. Um, but actually, we've already been through a significant sort of change. Uh, we... we, we we communicated our new sort of discovery exploration strategy to the market um, over a year ago now. Um, and we acquired these assets uh, in Scandinavia in November last year. So actually we've had a significant volume of shares traded around the time of that acquisition and as we went through that strategic change. Um, and actually now we very much have a shareholder base who is behind what we're doing today um, and our new strategy. So I, I would say that we've, we've been through that. We've flushed through those shareholders that were in it only for Indonesia and, and perhaps didn't, weren't interested in this new strategy, they've had the chance to and they have got out. The new shareholder base that we have there behind us is, is very committed to the new strategy. But you're right, it's very much a retail shareholder base. Um, we're starting to see some institutional um, uh, involvement, but that is a real focus for us. So I've just got back from uh, being at Peaver Creek Conference and, and a one-to-one -one conference in, in New York. We're doing more, more um, later in the year where we're looking at specifically targeting larger institutional um, potential investors. And, and, and how we're doing that is it, it's complementary throughout our business, but again, having the cash that we do, we're trying to establish King's Rose as, as a well-rounded sort of company with a long-term strategy for success. And, and so that includes the broad, broad spectrum of things. It's not just we've got a good asset and we hope to march some rigs in there and test it. You know, we, we, we've got a really um, thorough sort of community engagement program and, and we're and, and, and working hard on the sort of environmental aspects of what we're doing. Um, and then engaging also with local governments for them to try and recognize how 
you know, we can be a, a part of this solution to contribute critical metals um, to new technologies and, and this energy transition. So essentially, all, all of this, and, and, and you know, including working with indigenous communities, is, is basically establishing the company as, as, as a major sort of contributor and good citizen within these communities. And it's that sort of whole rounded approach that, that, that we're recognizing that larger institutions and potentially strategic investors want to see. Um, it's becoming more and more important. So again, you know, what, what we're able to do with our cash position uh, is have the right team and the capacity to build King's Rose into something that is a larger sustainable business into the future and attract that, that more strategic, long-term, sophisticated uh, investors. And make some money, hopefully. Absolutely. You know, the, the, it's, it's, not just, uh, it's not just a nice thing to say. It's good business. You know, it, it, it gives us uh, opportunity ahead of others. It, 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 it affords a social license and, and, and the ability to get into areas and drill where others maybe haven't. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all part of the opportunity uh, that we see, in, particularly in Scandinavia.